pocket. They know that one, right? But I want to talk about this, this, um, this, this concept of giving in a different sense this evening, okay? And, and the word that the Lord gave me was not give, okay? It wasn't bless, okay? It was generosity or being generous and what that means in the Bible, what God means when he's talking about the word generosity, amen? Because we, we hear it so many times in the context of giving monetarily to the church, right? Or blessing the church with your time or even with your talents, amen? And that's important. It's very important. But there's much more to it, and we're going we're gonna to explore that this evening, okay? So let's talk about this, okay? When you hear the word generosity or you hear someone say that someone is very generous, what immediately comes to your mind? What? Yep, this is uh, interactive. What comes to your mind? Giving gifts. I like it. Gifts, Pastor. Giving. Giving what? Financial, right? I mean, it's it's only natural. Me too. When I hear, oh, that man is very generous, right? I'm like, oh, he must be rich. That guy's loaded, right? Right? And he has so much that he's able to give some, right? And I'm like, man, I would be that guy. If I only had more, you know, if God only blessed me with more, I would be so generous, right? I remember um, when I first came to the church, I was, I was like 13, 14 years old. And, and then I wanted to get baptized. And I remember making this promise to God. I said, God, if I ever won the lottery, I promise. I promise I would give half of it to the church so the church could blow up and be this big church and we could have all these members and, and that would fix all of our problems, right? If we just had more money, right? Right? How many of you think like that sometimes? It's only natural, right? Right? But um, for those of us that have been in the Word a little bit longer, we, we realize that that's not really how God works. Amen? That's not really how God works. He doesn't put a priority on money, okay? Who does? We do. We do, right? As human beings, we do. Okay, because they've created this system in, in, on earth that requires money to get, to get the things we need. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Right? So, so I, I thought, I, you know, I immediately think of a philanthropist. Um, I think of a rich person. Um, sometimes I even think now that I'm helping in the ministry, I think of, oh, oh, a minister or a counselor or a pastor, right? Because they give so much of their time, and they, usually they give it freely. Right? They volunteer that time. So those are the things that come to mind for me. Um, I have a couple more questions, though, okay? Do you, think, do you think that someone has to be a Christian to be generous? No? Okay. Do you think that all non-Christians are not generous? Have you ever thought about that? Do we, do we sometimes maybe find ourselves, like, kind of snubbing sometimes, though, like, like, you don't even, you know, you don't even know, when we, especially when it comes to the topic of, like, tithes and offerings, right? And how we, how we give on a regular basis because it's commanded of us. And we're like, well, he must have that because he doesn't tithe, right? Oh, or how about this? Have you ever thought this? What if I didn't tithe? Oh, man, and you start calculating, like, how much more money you would have, right? Right? <laughs> Amen, Pastor. Amen. The, the, the Bible even says that when we, when we, uh, when we act or we, we, we foster a, um, a mindset of wanting more all the time, well, what it does is it breeds 
that mindset permanently so that you will want all the time, right? And that's the opposite of what God tells us to do. God commands us to give, not to want and desire more all the time. See, we have that desires naturally, and God will fulfill those for us. He wants to be a blessing in your life. He wants to bless your life because, see, we're all his children, right? I have kids. I have three kids. And there are things they want. There are things they need. I provide for them as their father the things they need. But I also want to give them the things they want. Amen? God's the same way. The principle is the same. The concept is the same. He wants to bless you with the extra things that we desire. Amen? But he's only promised provision. Right? The, what, we, what we fail to realize sometimes is that the blessings or the extra, and this is just a side note, they are conditional. They are. It, it's, it's in the Bible. They're conditional. Okay? And so we're going to, um, I mean, it just, it's right there in, 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 the, in the very first scripture that we just, give and it will be given to you. Amen? He's not talking about provision. He's talking about extra. Okay? He's talking a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He, we're stuffing it into this container, right? And then it's still overflowing, right? For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Amen? Amen. So moving forward, as I was thinking about this, and, and the Lord put this on my heart right after I had taught last month, um, because pastors said, hey, you know, I want, I want you guys to kind of lean towards um, thankfulness with it being Thanksgiving this month. Okay. And then I'm like, well, what's next month? Oh, yeah, it's Christmas. And what's Christmas? It's the spirit of giving, right? And everybody talks about, oh, it's the, it's the time of the year when everybody's happy and cheerful and giving, right? And we all know, know that Lord, the Lord loves the cheerful giver. So, um, okay, so God, and he said, you know what? Not giving, generosity. I want you to focus on the word generosity, okay? So um, in, in, in looking this word up and, and researching it, and, and reading scripture about it, and commentary, and other, and other Bible studies, um, I came to these, I, I want to focus on these three things that I found, okay? Um, point number one, these three points we'll call them. Point number one is this, okay? Generosity is at its core a lifestyle, okay? It's a lifestyle, okay? It's not even just a value. Generosity is a lifestyle. A lifestyle in which we share all that we have, all that we are, or all that we will ever become as a demonstration of God's love and a response to God's grace. Amen? Amen? Yes. Let me just, actually, let me add a couple in your life. Okay? God's grace, a response to God's grace in your life. Okay? How many of you, now that you're serving the Lord, whether you're a new Christian, you're an old Christian, and I'm not talking age, okay? I'm just saying, like, you've been in the Word a little bit, okay? How many of you have come to realize that God has turned you around, set you on solid ground, and now you've got some stuff to offer, right? Before, you were just a taker, amen? You were just a taker, or, or you were just a, a wanter. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, right? Or a user, an abuser, whatever, however you want to think about it. But now, God said, you know what? I've created you to be more than that. And he's given you a few, you've realized that he's given you a few gifts, He's blessed you with a few things in life. Even possessions, right? Worldly possessions. I, I, look, I'll be the first one to admit, God has blessed us richly with even worldly possessions. But where my, where my treasure lies in with the things that he's done in my life, 
the wife that he's blessed me with, the children that he's blessed me with, the family, the friends, the community here that he's blessed me with. Because all of this is what really keeps me grounded. Okay? So with that said, what, what I've come to realize is that generosity is a lifestyle. Okay? And let's talk about that. Let's talk about that a little bit more, okay? So even though I realize it's a lifestyle, in thinking back and pondering about what it is to me and what I thought it was, okay, I find myself thinking along these lines right here or saying these things, okay? All right. When it's time to be generous, okay, um, I think about these core values that we have kind of in my home, these core values that I was brought up in in the fire department. For those of you that don't know, I'm a firefighter, so um, these, there's these values, right? Commitment, right? Commitment's a huge value in the fire department. Hard work, do your job. We tell guys, that just do your job, okay? Know your job, do it well, okay? Commitment, hard work. Stewardship, right? Steward what God has given you. How many times have we heard that? in church, right? Stewardship is super important. God loves a good steward, right? And then providing for my family. Man, if I just take care of those four core values, everything else is going to work itself out. Amen? Yeah. Amen? So I think about those, and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of business. I'm doing the things. Um, I'm satisfying not only the things that are important in my professional life, but I'm satisfying these things that I know the Bible says I should also take care of as well, right? Okay, so, all right. But then comes this this time when, when it's time to be generous, right? Because if I'm doing all that, would you, would you guys not agree that if, I'm, if I have these values of commitment, hard work, stewardship, and then providing for my family, um, can we all kind of agree or, or come to a consensus that if, if we know people that are, are taking care of those core values or have those core values, usually they're what? They're, they're pretty blessed, right? They've got their stuff together. Amen. And so we look, and we're like, on the outside looking in, we're like, man, that guy's a hard worker. He's committed to his family. He's committed to his job and his career. And, and oh, he provides really well for his family. Um, he's obviously a good steward, right, because things are working out for him. I mean, it's not all falling apart. And so we're like, man, he must, he must really have it together, okay? So, so I'm like, okay, all right, so I've got some stuff figured out. I'm kind of rolling. I've got this, this momentum going. And then it comes time now to be generous, okay? What does that mean? Well, hey, hold on. Hold on a second here. Some of the other core values I know that God wants me to, um, to really hold, hold, hold at heart here is, is wisdom, right? And being responsible, especially with the things that he's given me. You know, it wouldn't be too wise, right, to give at this moment because things are kind of tight right now. Right? Even though I'm blessed and I got things figured out, things are kind of tight right now, right? Or, or it wouldn't be so responsible to give this. Even though they're saying do it out of faith, well, hold on, hold on, hold on a minute here. You know, uh, you're asking me to take this, this leap of faith, but it just doesn't make sense, right? I mean, I know how to work numbers, and my bank account has 1000 bucks in it, and you're asking me to give faithfully 1500 bucks. That just doesn't make sense, Pastor. Now I'm going to go into negative 500 bucks, right? But is that not what faith is? And, and I'm speaking, I'm not, I'm not speaking literally. I'm just giving examples here, right? And these are extreme examples, but I'm giving examples here. So do we not reason with ourselves sometimes when it's time to become generous, we use these other virtues, right? These other biblical virtues like wisdom and being responsible and being a good steward, right? To keep us from being generous? Amen? Amen? And then, and then we justify it with, well, hey, I, I mean, come on. You guys, I make good decisions. I got my things together. 
okay, I know what I'm doing, all right? And so my point here is, is that sometimes we miss the point of what generosity really means and what it really is because we're so caught up in the natural things of our own lives, right? Not the spiritual things, but what, what's important to us in the natural, okay? And those things are important. God wants us to hold, hold those as core values. But I want to talk about this more, this generosity concept a little bit more and what it means and, and dive a little bit deeper, okay? So while there can be an element of truth to all of that, okay, is it possible that maybe we use those words like wisdom, right, good stewardship, okay? We use those words sometimes to cover up like fear, right, our own fear or to preserve ourself, right, self-preservation, amen? Because, see, I don't, I don't want to make a rash decision like that because it could possibly not work out for me. And if it didn't work out for me, all the people that knew I did that, they're going to call me a what? A fool, right? Come on, man. What were you thinking? That was dumb. You let some guy talk you into doing this, right? That's self-preservation, right? So, so those things can be rooted in our hearts. Fear, self-preservation. And when they're rooted in your heart, they will prevent you from doing the thing that God commands us to do, okay? So I want to give a couple of biblical examples, okay? The, 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 the concept of generosity dates all the way back to the Old Testament, okay? The Hebrew word for generosity, is there a way you could put this up here, brother? That's okay. You know what? You can Google it because this is the first definition that came up for me, okay? The Hebrew word for generosity is the word sadaka, okay? Sadaka. Sadaka spelled with a T, but it's silent. It's T-Z. We pronounce it sadaka, okay? You guys can look it up if you want. T-Z-E-D-A-K-A-A-H, okay? Sadaka is a Hebrew word meaning righteousness, Okay? but commonly used to signify charity. The concept of charity differs from the modern Western understanding of charity. The latter is typically understood as a spontaneous act of goodwill and a marker of generosity. Okay? So, sadaka to the Jews or the Hebrews is actually an ethical obligation. Okay? It's not an act. All right? It is an ethical obligation. It is part of who they are. Right? And furthermore, it has nothing to do with charity. Amen? Charity or being charitable is a byproduct of sadaka. But it is not the point of the word sadaka. The point or the literal definition of the word sadaka in the English word is righteousness. Amen? It's righteousness. And how many of us know that the Lord speaks of the word righteousness all throughout the Bible. Amen? The word righteousness is, is mentioned over and over and over again. Okay? We are to be what? We are to be just and righteous as Christians. Amen? So this word sadaka or charity or generosity is actually something that should be or actually should be part of who you are as a Christian. Amen? It's a core value that God wanted his people, even in the Old Testament, to have. And I'll prove it to you, okay? So, um, 
If you have your Bibles, Leviticus 19, 9 and 10. Okay, Leviticus 19, 9 and 10. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. The Bible says this. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest. And you shall not glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather every grape of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Amen? You say anything about money right there? No. Now, in those times, it's what it was. That was the money. Amen? If you have your Bibles open still, go to Deuteronomy 15. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 7 and 8. Old Testament. God's chosen people. If there, is a, if there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land which, which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Amen? He's, he, he even went one further. He's not even being specific now. Very broad. But he's saying, whatever you got, give. Amen? Because you're my people. I blessed you richly. Right? If you read the full context of that, he's blessed them richly. They have everything they need. Amen? So when somebody comes around you that's poor and in need, give them. Give it. Give it. Give Give Right? Because you have more. You have more than enough. And his promise to his people is that they will always have more than enough. How many of us know that? Amen? So, my point here is this. Again, getting back to point one. Right? If sadaka or generosity actually in the Bible means to be righteous, right? When he's talking about this concept and he's presenting it to his people and commanding his people to be this, he's not talking about them necessarily to give, right? He's, ta- he's telling them, do the right thing. Do what is right. Because, see, I've given you my heart. If, you have, if, you're, if you're my people, you have my heart. You have a heart, right? What was David regarded as? A man after God's own heart, right? A man after God's own heart. And see, so that tells me that David was what? Even though he messed up, he had a heart of righteousness, right? The state of his heart was to be righteous all the time. And we, and we see that. If you read the Psalms, all the times that he messed up, he was so, so, he beat himself up so much. You can read it in his Psalms. He, was, he asked for forgiveness over and over and over again. I mean, to the point where he's like, God, punish me. Like, I want to be punished because I know I did wrong, right? So, it goes, it's deeper than just that moment that you give something monetarily or that moment that you, um, uh, 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 that you give of yourself. It's a state of being. Amen? Amen? Again, the word is sadaka. Okay, so moving forward, point number two. Point number two, okay? Generosity flows from an understanding that all we have, all we are, or all we will ever become is not ours to possess it is simply ours to steward since it really belongs to God. Amen? 
Amen. How many of us have come to realize that? I, I hope so by now that we've come to realize that. Okay? Um, that truck out there that's sitting in the parking lot that I get to drive around um, and that I get to pay for, you know, it's not really mine, right? It's, it has my name on the title. It has my name on the registration. If they look up the plates, it's mine, right? The VIN number, it goes back to me. But, see, when I'm a Bible-believing Christian, I know that it's really God's. And what that means is, is that it's my job to use that to his glory. Amen. Amen? And whatever that looks like or means to you, it may, be, it may be, you know, there may be, there's, you know, 25 people in here. There may be 25 different meanings to that. Okay? And that's fine. But, but what you need to understand is that it doesn't really belong to you. Right? If you believe in the life that is eternal and you believe in life after earth here, you know that that vehicle you drive around during this earthly life really doesn't mean anything. As cool as it is and as cool as it sounds, right, and as cool as you think you look in it, it really doesn't mean anything. Amen? Uh, if you have your Bibles open, still open them up to the book of Luke, chapter 21. We're going to start with verse 1. Again, the point here is generosity flows from an understanding that all we have, are, or ever will become is not ours to possess, but it's ours to steward for the glory of God. Okay, because it belongs to him. It belongs to him first. Okay, so the Bible says this in the book of Luke, chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. So he said, truly I say to you, say, say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their own abundance have put in offerings for God. But she out of her poverty put in all livelihood that she had. Amen. Right? So automatically I'm like, boom, blown, right? Debunked on my previous thinking of what generosity is or what I think of when I think of, gen of generous people, right? I think rich guy, right? I think rich guy. I'm like, okay, so... In order to be generous, you've got to have a whole bunch so that you can give a whole bunch, right? But that scripture right there proves that wrong. He's saying this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. Generosity has nothing to do with your financial status. Amen? You could be the poorest person on earth. And still be the most generous person on earth. Amen. Moving forward, open your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, chapter 11. This one is really good. I did the um, Proverbs challenge once. We, we read all 31 chapters of Proverbs. We read one a day. And I don't remember reading this. And in, in, check, in uh, um, going through scriptures and commentary, this came across. I'm like, man, I'm highlighting this one. And I'm putting it in this for sure. Okay, The, the Bible says this, Proverbs 11, um, verse 24 and 25. There is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. 
The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Amen? The generous soul. And for those of you that have sat through Bible studies, taught by pastor, taught by the other ministers in this church, you know that the soul is part of who you are. It's part of your being, right? Amen? You've got your spiritual being. You've got your natural being, your flesh. You've got your soul, all part of who you are. And if the soul is part of who you are, he's saying the generous, the generous soul, the generous of, so it's part of who you are. Right, will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Right? You want to be rich? Give. What's your definition of being rich? If you start out with a bad definition of what it means to be rich, you will never be rich by, what, by God's definition. Amen? If, you're, if your definition of what it means to be rich is one that aligns with the secular or the world, God says you are not rich. You don't even know what that means. Right? That just tells me that you can have a whole bunch of money and be rich by God's definition. You can have no money and be rich by God's definition. As long as you understand that concept right there. Amen? Because it's a lifestyle, the giving or stewardship of your possessions, talents, and gifts must be calculated, okay? So, again, it is our job to still steward them, okay? It, yes, your possessions, yes, your money, but also your gifts, your talents, who you are, the things that God's blessed you with. How about your testimony? Can we be generous with our testimony? Amen. Would that not bring glo- glory to the kingdom? Amen. Now, we... We steward that with wisdom, right, in the right time and amongst the right, the ears and eyes. But that gives glory to God, especially if it turns another to the kingdom. Amen? Amen. All right. Moving forward, point number three. Point number three. Generosity results in practically sharing with others what we have been giving for the advancement of the kingdom and ultimately the glory of God. Okay? So, um, this speaks more to sharing what you have. Okay? Um, Stewarding it, great. Giving it, great. Giving your time, amen. But sharing, very, very important, okay? So, here we go. 1 Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. The Bible says this, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all the things to enjoy. Amen? So command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. Um, just focusing on that part for a minute. I battled with that very concept right there over the past year. Amen? What's going on right now in our country? 
what, what's going on with home prices? Right? They went way, way up. We've owned our house since 2016, and um, we've been able to watch it increase in value. Um, it's doubled in value. According, right, according to the market and according to what's going on right now in the world. Our house is literally doubled in value or doubled in what we own. Yeah, it's doubled in value. Okay, in five years. That's crazy. Right, and I'm like, so Desiree and I are sitting down and we're like, time to sell. Time to sell, right? Like, we can, we can cash in on this much money and then do what? Buy a much more expensive house? And what happened to all that money, right? Or all those riches, right? Poof, gone, right? In, they're in the cloud. I, always say, I like to say that. In the cloud. Everything's in the cloud now. Um, right? So it says right here, um, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. That isn't an uncertain rich to me, Right? That's one of those uncertain riches, especially when you really look into it. You're like, no, this don't look right, okay? Something's not right about this. And even if it is true, if we put all of our energy and all of our thoughts and and everything that we are into that, we're going to be so focused and consumed by that, right? And so that's what he's saying there. Look, don't, don't don't put your trust in uncertain riches, but put it in the, in the living God. And this is where we went back to, right, being wise and being responsible, right? We have what we need. God has already blessed us. This home right now, if you own a home in America, you are rich, right? If you have a job and make over $28,000 a year, you are rich by the world standards because that's the poverty line. That's $15 an hour. Is that not the minimum wage? Right? But we look at it, we look at it at, um, we compare it to the standards in America and say, oh man, I'm poor, I don't have anything. Or, look, look around you at what's going on in the rest of the world. It's easy now. It's all at the click of a button. We are, we are richly, richly blessed in this country. Amen? Even with all that's going on right now, we are still rich. Right? Moving forward, so let each one, of, let each one give... As he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Amen? Don't put your, don't put your trust in the, rich, in, the, in the uncertain riches. Focus on the Lord. He's the provider. He's truly who's going to bless you richly. When you do that, his grace will abound in your life. Amen. You will always have what you need, all, all sufficiency, and an abundance. He said all sufficiency, everything you need, and then some. Why? Well, for every good work. Right? He wants you to get out there and share it now. Okay? And he's not just talking about money. He may bless you with money. You may want to be one of those lucky people that gets blessed with money, right? I call it more responsibility, right? What did Biggie call it? More money, more problems. Don't act like you don't know, okay? If you have more money, you have more problems, right? Some people say that, okay? But look, he blesses you richly. 
gifts, talents, right? Family, right? There's people, there's people out there who, 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 would, who would give everything to have a significant other. Amen? There's people out there who would give everything to have their families together again. Amen? You're winning if you have all of that. You're blessed richly if you have all of that. Right? I have a family member that my heart breaks for him every time I think of him. And, and I just, that's my desire is that he would come back to the Lord. You know, I, I, I say, Lord, you know, I don't even know, I don't even care if he doesn't come to church. Just let him come around our family so we can see him and love on him and, 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 and you know, be with him and spend time with him. So he can see that we still think about him yeah. and we love him. You know, those are the things that God's talking about when he's talking about being rich or blessed, right? And when you have that abundance, you're able to be generous with it. Amen? Uh, another scripture here, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I'm getting ready to close here. Pastor, um, I'm getting really close here, and, and we'll talk about the point here, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. The Bible says this, But this I say, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Amen? The other half of Timothy says this, and I apologize, I flip-flopped back and forth because I went down to my second note and then up to my first note. Um, let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Okay? Those two scriptures parallel in the concept that he's trying to get across to us there. Amen? Don't trust in the uncertain riches. Right? When the time comes, have some stored up. Be willing to share. Have something to give. Have something to present. Have something to testify to. Amen? Those are the things that God wants you to focus on. That's what it means to be generous. Okay? It's important for us to be generous with our financial wealth as well. Right? Because that's an indicator to Christ that your value or your heart is not set on that financial wealth. When you're willing to give it away freely, that tells God and that tells, that tells the Lord that, you're, that you don't, you're not attached to it. Okay? We need it. We do. We do. We live in a system that requires us to have financial, um, uh, uh, financial means. But the Lord wants you to trust in Him. The financial means 
this, this system that's built, this monetary system that's built that we all rely on and live on is one of those uncertain riches. Amen? How many of us know that it, 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 has, it ebbs and flows with, with the stock market? I mean, if, if that doesn't tell you enough, I don't, I don't know what does, right? Because that's one of the most uncertain things out there. One day it's down, you know, 10%, 11%. The next day it's up 4%. It's still not to what it was a couple of days ago. Then it goes up 15%. Then it's back down again, right? And everybody, you know, don't even get me started with that. But my point is, is that when everything in this country is attached to this uncertain rich, right? This uncertain riches like the dollar, the stock market, crypto, um, a made-up currency that people are putting their trust in. They're, 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 they're hanging their whole future on it, right? Don't do it. Put your trust in the Lord first. Become rich in the values, the concepts, and the principles of the Lord so that you can be generous with those things because those things are what's going to matter when all of that uncertainty fails and falls through. Those are the things that are going to get you your family, your loved ones, the person that you haven't met yet, the person that you haven't testified to yet. Those are the things that are going to bring those people to the kingdom. And those are the things that are going to ultimately glorify the Lord. Amen? Amen. Thank you all.